Good afternoon, it's Kathy again with Career Development Tips. Um, today, um, we're going to be discussing seven tips for getting hired. Granted, there's a lot of things in career development that kind of mesh into each other, so some topics that we've discussed on previous podcasts are probably going to be talked about in this podcast. I personally, me and my team, do um, Zooms every week. We have been for the past year with uh, the pandemic teaching people, and they realize that, but you know, sometimes, um, and you may realize this as well, you may hear something, and okay, yeah, it kind of goes in one ear out the other, and then there's other times you hear it, and it just sticks, and you're like, wow, I know I've heard that before, but I just really didn't give it much thought till today. So, we're going to talk about seven tips for getting hired. I always like to start out with an affirmation, and um, I was able to encourage a friend earlier today with this one, and it was, um, you'll never be good enough for the wrong person. And this doesn't just mean um, in a dating world or in a relationship world. It, it even means with your um, employer, your boss. You know, how do you know that they're the right person for the job? How do you know that they just don't see what you're doing in a job? So it's not just in relationships with friends or in a dating world. Um, it can be in the workplace. So you may think that you're being stellar at your job and then let's just say a time comes where you're getting reviewed or someone tells you that you're not doing something right. And that can be a little debilitating because, you know, at the end of the day, we know. We know um, if we're giving it our all or not giving it our all. So what's key to that is just to own it. If you know you're not giving your all, then own it if you hear that you need to improve on something. And as I would say, level up. I know that's what I do every day. I want to be uh, better than the day before. So this is what I strive for at least. Um, so as someone myself who has been hired, fired, applied, negotiated, and quit a job before, we're going to talk about seven important things you need to know if you're looking for a job or even an internship. Seems like even more so there's a lot of internships going around, which is good. I think those are great. I know um, in my career, we um, we are looking into the on-the-job training aspect of, of things, and I think that's a very loving thing to do. Take someone who has no experience, let them shadow you, let them be an intern, let them be on the job and train them and give them that those tools uh, some of the best paid jobs um are from people who have just learned you know um doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to college and have a college degree behind you although those are very admirable and useful in life never ever will i discredit education that was something very much installed into my mind growing up but in case you don't have the um life that you could have gone to college or perhaps you started your family young there's many reasons why maybe you didn't go to college um being in an internship or on job training is such a great thing to look into and um the people who train you i know i've been in that position before um when i was married and we had a construction company um i was a type who wanted to bring someone in who had no experience of course they needed to know how to hold a hammer and maybe hit a hammer but other than that, I enjoyed helping um, some young people learn the tools of the trade. In fact, one of the people we hired who didn't really know anything because, you know, they're a kid. You hire them first in construction just to pick up the job site and all that kind of stuff. Now has his own construction company. He's a contractor. So, uh, you know what? 
proud of him. And, you know, and I take some credit for that because I, you know, hired someone who had zero experience and then we just trained him on the, on the road to where he's at today. So I think that's great. Um, number one tip is that rejection is inevitable. There's a lot of people out there that are applying for the same position as you, especially right now. So hearing no is probably one of the names of the game right now. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means someone else had a connection, an experience, or a skill, or just something that you didn't. Doesn't mean you aren't perfect for the job. Super important to keep that in the forefront of your mind. Rejection's never fun in any kind of situation, more so in a job. You work hard. You're trying to search for the job. You you get um, a call, you're interviewed, and that in itself is a success. Because if you are called for an interview, it means that some of your talents stood out to that employer and or your resume did, and you got into the interview. So even if you don't get the job, call it a win. Call it a win, honestly. Number two is to cast a wide net. Apply, 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 and weigh out your, your options later. If rejection's the name of the game, then you've got to up your chances. So in order to do that, got to apply to more jobs. Don't apply for ones you don't qualify for. That's kind of, in my opinion, that's asking for rejection. But give some thought. Read some of the job, dis- read some of the job duties that people have. And, you know, ask yourself, have I done that? Can I do that? I did have somebody I'm working with tell me, Hey, I looked at a job description, and do they really make fifty-six thousand a year? I was like, Oh yeah, that's that's totally normal for those traits. And this person's like, Well, I have all those traits. Let's do my re- let's help me with my resume so I can show that I do all those things, and I can start applying. I'm like, Let's do it. That's what I like um, to hear from people is. Think about it. Think about stuff. I mean, most of you don't even credit the fact that maybe when you grew up, maybe your dad was a plumber and you went every weekend with him and helped him. And so you know how to put in a sink. And you know how if a, if a pipe breaks, you know how to stop the water if that's leaking. I mean, just think about all the things you've done, whether it's a job and or just even helping out with family or anything that you know that can attribute to your next job. So don't count yourself out for a position before even applying for it. And then don't, on the other hand, don't set your sights on just one. That's never, that's just never good. (laughs) Number three is to tailor your resume. You want to make sure your resume is tailored to the position that you are applying for. I know you've probably heard this over and over again. But honestly, like the number one job board right now today is Indeed.com. If you go into Indeed, you can upload your resume, and it's there. So when you job search and it says Easy Apply, you hit a button, and it automatically sends your resume. It gives you an option as well to submit a cover letter. However, you have a resume in there, and it's very convenient for you to just use that resume every time. But you want to make sure you don't use the same resume for every job application. Um, first of all, hiring managers notice it. I know I've noticed it. Or in the last um, job I was at, well, I'm at the same job, but when I was in the HR position, 
um, people would apply for one. And then if they didn't get that, they'd say, oh, well, will you take my application and just put it into this, this opening? And I see you have an opening here. Will you put it in there? I, of course, would because we, you know, they asked me to. However, I'd always urge them, do you want to do a new cover letter? Do you want to attach a different resume for um, the sake of what your objective is? Um, and the reason I asked this one person about that was they didn't get hired for an MA position. So an MA position, obviously, um, is something that you need to go to school for. You get a certificate or I'm not sure what you get for an MA, but I do know you need to go to school to be an MA. They didn't get the MA position, but they, but they were willing to go apply for one of the stores that we had. And so they wanted me to put their application there. Obviously, the cover letter and resume screamed MA because that's where their talents were. So I was like, well, do you want to do another resume? That way you just can kind of put an objective as maybe... Something basic. You're just trying to find a company that can utilize you right now. You are out of work. This is, you know, you're willing. You're willing to work. It may not be in the job you wanted, but sometimes we all get in that position where we do have to take some sort of job to get some monies rolling in. But when you do that, make sure you change your resume. Yes, I know it's hard. I know it's inconvenient, especially if you're sitting in a waiting room somewhere and you see the perfect job that you want and you just go hit easy apply on Indeed. Now you can keep different um, resumes on Indeed, but honestly, when you see a job, you should be sitting in front of your computer or your laptop, look at your resume and I've, you know, obviously where you've worked, all that's not gonna change. It's your objective mainly that you need to change. Your cover letter. And then when you get into that interview, tell them your story, that's huge. So the pro tip on that is you want to start with a large number of bullets for the positions that are on your resume, then narrow them down. Narrow them down and then expand on them, rearrange them. Just kind of do it different for that job description that you're looking for. Uh, a lot of people um, have come to me and they give me two resumes. Oh, one is because this is what I really want to do, and the other one is to show that I've worked other places as well. Well, I took both those resumes and made them into one. Because honestly, where you've worked, and even if it's a different field, it's all going to say something about you. And so you want to include it in there. I, I personally think that when we say tailor your resume, it's think outside the box. Did you do something at that job that, you know, you this new job's asking for? Go ahead and add that as a duty that you've done and then tailor that objective for sure. Number four, always submit a cover letter, even if they don't ask for one. Submitting a cover letter that's tailored to that position sets you apart from other applicants. This is a hard one for me. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a hard one for me because as a recruiter, I used to get applications and I just kind of rip off the cover letter. Um, I mean, I would keep it together with the application, but I went straight to the application to see how many years experience they had in something and just to see the boxes they marked. Um, so I, I'm guilty as being in recruiting for a long time of not reading a cover letter. But now I'm a huge believer in it's... It's needed. It's more, especially if you're changing careers. Like I said, I, I mean, I, in the past, have applied for jobs. I had to quit one because it was seasonal. And so they, they were like, well, 
you can go on unemployment when we're off season. Plus, we'll just pay you under the table to do other things. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm just not comfortable with that. So I ended up having to quit and then go look for another job. Um, at that point, I had to take something maybe a little different than I would normally want. And I kept hearing, you're overqualified. You're overqualified. And, you know, I wanted to say, I might be overqualified, but just give me a chance. You know, I, I really am a single mom. I just need a paycheck. Let's, I don't want to go on unemployment. Let's just... Just hire me. Just, I'll prove to you um, that I can do this. So anyway, that's what's nice about a cover letter. It kind of sets your intent, what you're looking for, and a lot of employers like to read that. Um, it says, identify the top three to four things that the job posting is looking for, and you want to address that in the cover letter. Why you um, have each one of those things with examples that they're looking for. And make sure, though, it's just one page. Nobody wants um, a full page, you know, a two, three-page letter. <laughs> they don't. So cover letter is great. Submit it, again, even if they don't ask for one. Number five is my favorite. I will always talk about networking. It's just there's nothing better. Um, capitalize on the connections you have based on any school you attended, an organization that you might be part of, or even where you're from. Um, reach out to these connections, even if you don't even know them. Try LinkedIn or even um, for places that you have applied. I love this. Let me tell you about a, a situation this week. I am a member of the, um, uh, the city I live in. I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce. So, of course, I've been home for a year working. So, uh, this was the first event I went to yesterday that was going to be in person. I was pretty excited to be getting out of the house and networking, being with people. Didn't know how the first one was going to go, but here we go. And I, I must say I grew up in this town, so I know a lot of people. In fact, the person who gave the presentation in this chamber thing for her business is someone I know. So there's that. <laughs> and I knew a couple people in the room. But there was like 12 people maybe I didn't know. So as soon as I got there, I grabbed my coffee. I walked up to each and every one of them, shook their hand, told them who I was, told them what I do. Then in the, um, in the actual meeting, they ask you after the presentation's done, they ask every one of you to stand up and talk about what your title is and what you do. So of course I did. I stood up and told them I was a career development manager. I help people um, get careers. You know, I kind of see what they need to do to get to their careers or anything in the way let's wipe them out and let's just let's just go down that path so interestingly the meeting was over at 8 30 and i had a nine o'clock appointment um i had a nine o'clock staffing meeting i had to be in so i was trying to kind of almost hurry out of there to get home in time for the other meeting however there was three people three and I'm like impressed. Who was like, don't, don't leave. Don't, they kind of signaled me because people were talking to them They're like, don't leave, don't leave. I, I need to talk to you. And I loved it because those three people, one was from a local temp agency who said she had a lot of jobs open right now. And could I swing people to her? Okay. So I kind of talked to her about these aren't just temporary jobs, right? Are they temp to hire? Because I don't want to put somebody in a temporary job. My job is to help them get self-sustainability. They have a job that's going to help them live and, you know, not a temporary job. Otherwise, we're back at square one again, right? So, talk to her. The other one was a local, uh, a local lady, but her company's in Carson, and she's like, I need people. I need people. 
she's like, we're hiring. We're hiring right now. We need bodies. Um, we are offering two weeks paid vacation right off that paid insurance from day one. I mean, what family man or woman would not want something like that? And they had entry level positions. It was in manufacturing. So, and the third one, what was the third one? Oh, asking me where I was posting any um, job openings that I had heard of. Because I do make a job opening list every day, or excuse me, every week. But I say that, reserve it, and send it out to the people I'm actually personally working with to see if there's something they want. But if, if somebody on the outside sees that I do that or knows that I do that and they say, hey, would you mind um, sending me a copy of the open jobs you have? I have no problem doing that. I mean, I just have no problem. And this is what I love to do. I love to let someone know when there's a job opening. I love to help them get that job. Um, and so they can, you know, be settled and and be be able to breathe, basically. So a tip on that, um, on that tip. So tip number five has a pro tip. It says, message at least five people to make one connection at a company. Keep your message short, sweet, and to the point. So what they're talking about there is, like maybe on LinkedIn, sometimes people want to work for a certain company. Maybe they've heard great things about it. They know someone who's worked there. That would be the ultimate is to contact a friend you know that works there. But honestly, um, if you have a specific company in mind, your best bet is to go on LinkedIn. Make sure you have a very professional profile on there, a very professional picture. It's not social media like Facebook or Instagram. It is a place for business owners and professional people. So um, give an example. It says, say something like, hi, I'm a fellow blah, blah, either grad, member, resident. I recently applied for a position at your company, and I'm curious if you know anything about this position. Thank you so much for your time. See, simple, basic. I like that because... Um, so it's like for me, I live in the town I grew up in. I um, went to high school here. I graduated high school here. All my kids graduated high school here. I have grandkids in this high school. So it's like I just know people. And so that's just kind of nice too, you know. So just if you know somebody, even if they aren't working at the company that you are desiring to be at, tell all your friends. Spring's coming up. We change our clocks ahead this weekend. Yippee. There'll be barbecues. There'll be hopefully gatherings coming up. Looks like things are starting to open up in the state. And when you do that, just tell everybody what you're looking for. I know for me, I I put stuff in my phone, on my notes, or I write it down. If I'm at a barbecue and someone's like, oh, you help people um, get jobs or you kind of know of open jobs. Hey, if you ever hear of this, here is my, here's what I do. Here's what I want to do. I'm stuck in a dead-end job. I want to do better. Or I'm unemployed. I want to get a job. So, you know, I always write it down. I do. I try to get the person's name, but, you know, honest to God, if I somebody said that to me at a gathering, I would find out who that was. Um, and let them know. Because how do you know that the next day, you're? it just seems like that's kind of Murphy's Law. I believe in the Law of Attraction, so if you put it out there what you want, going to come to you. So I think if you put it out there to a bunch of people, what you're looking for, somebody's inevitably going to call you and say, oh, hey, oh, hey, I saw this advertisement over here. I remember going to Carson City the other day and I saw a lot of job openings on, 
for businesses that weren't advertised. And I was like, yeah, you know, I need to start doing that more. Just kind of driving around and asking my friends, hey, if you are out and about and you see someone's hiring, please just shoot me a, a private message and let me know. I said, because honestly, I know how much advertising is. It's so pricey. To put an average um, listing in the paper, okay, let's just say an opening, and I wanted to put it in the Reno Gazette Journal, in Reno. Um, for four times, I think it's two weeks, four times. So two days, I think it was Sunday, Wednesday, something like that. For two days, one week, and two days, another week, it was over $4,000. That's how much advertising is. So I do understand now, especially with the pandemic, if restaurants, especially more so, or anybody who has suffered somewhat financially from the pandemic is probably just going to put a now hiring sign in front of their place. So they're relying on you and me to tell people that they're looking for work. Obviously, Facebook is a free um, uh, platform as well. People, I, I know I get a lot of my job openings like just kind of scrolling through, asking people. I know I have a good friend I graduated with who works at DMV. So I'm like, hey, let me know when you guys um, are doing hiring. I have friends at the state. Just all over. Just let me know when you guys have a job put up. And I even have friends of mine who own places. Like a girlfriend of mine owns a spa shop here. And she said, hey, do you know anybody who's looking for part-time work? Um, a guy especially because... We want to teach him to be a technician. He doesn't have to know anything about fixing spas, but he's going to have to have, like, help load them when we deliver them. And um, I like that. I like that. They're checking with me first. She actually has an office admin person who is there because she reached out to me. She said, hey, do you know anybody? And I was like, yeah, I do. I do know somebody who could use that job. And they are a perfect match. Actually, that owner told me that she sees my friend someday just running that whole store. So that makes me feel good. So people reach out to me um, because I've networked. So everywhere I go, everywhere I go, hey, if you guys are hiring, let me know. You know, just, I just ask. So don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, number six is follow-up. To follow up on something is not needy. And the reason I say that is because I've heard that several times. Well, I don't want to bother him. Or I don't want to sound like I'm desperate. No, I'm telling you. Follow up is what sets you apart. I remember, I mean, I would be in interviews almost every day in HR. So we do like six, seven people that we'd interview. And obviously in HR, I just facilitate that interview. The person who's going to decide who they're going to hire is the hiring manager. And then they're going to tell me. And then I'll call and offer the job to whomever. And then, of course, you, as you can imagine, that's kind of HR's function. However, I used to get calls. Not often, but I get calls from people who are in that interview. I'm just following up. I was in that interview yesterday. Have you heard anything? So, I will tell you. Most people who are busy, 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 who and most people in HR are so slammed, it's just ridiculous. But when you stop and get that phone call, uh, I, the easiest thing to do is be like, oh my goodness, why is this person bothering me? I don't have time for all this. But you know what? I used to write that name down. I used to write it down, put on a post-it. If I see this person apply for another job here, I'm going to put them at the forefront because you know what? That is someone who's looking for the job. They are doing the follow-up. They're doing what they need to do. They aren't just coming in, interviewing, going home, and just kind of hoping on a prayer. They are following up. With that being said, um, I think it's 
uh, good idea when they say to send thank you notes. You can get like a a whole pack of blank cards that are, you know, just kind of professional looking at Walmart even. Just blank cards that say thank you. And just, you know, when you go into an interview in a company and you see that business card in the front or ask them what they're, you know, try and get to keep the name in your mind of who interviewed you, the hiring manager and all. Find an email address or at least have the address of the company and send out that thank you card. Because you know what? They stopped um, their day and took the time to interview you. So, you know, it was their time too. Believe me, it's, it's a lot on everybody's part. It's a lot on your part because you've took time out of your day. You've stressed about it. You've rehearsed the questions they may ask you. You've prepared. You made sure you had the right outfit. And you're going to go in. So you want them to be just as attentive and with you and to listen to you just as you have prepared to be attentive for them. So following up after you're, um, after applying, after you've interviewed or being contacted, ask if they have any updates and what the interviewing timeline is. So it's not, it's not a bad thing for you to say, uh, do you know when you will know? Um, that's very normal for you to ask. I used to feel sorry for the people that we would interview on Fridays because it's like, oh, man, they have to go all weekend wondering, you know, well, did I, did I do good? Did I not do good? Or whatever. So just just follow up. Ask if they need anything else from you, um, even if they seem bothered. Because you know what? You are you're doing you actually you know it's it's your investment it's your career it's your future and it's okay to ask those questions you're not bothering anybody um but even if they make you feel like you are i wouldn't worry about it i i totally totally agree with the follow-up also number seven is nothing set in stone if you're afraid to take the first step because you don't because you don't know what you want long term that's okay you're allowed to change your mind one, three, five, or ten years from now if you don't like your job. You're not married to the path that's laid out for you on your first job or an internship. You have skills and experience that can pivot with you. So important. Just because, okay, so let's go back to the very first job. I, you know, man, I'm trying to think what my first job was. Oh, actually, I my first job, I had to get a work permit from high school. And I was a telephone operator oh, way back when. Okay, so like it was 1980. So um, the telephone company here was called Contel. It was one of those that you see in a movie where you take the cord and you actually push it into a, uh, a hole. That's how you answered the phone. And it was kind of, it was very interesting. You know, I just, it was so funny because I did that job for a while and it was a really good first job. And I liked it. Did I think going through school, oh, I just want to be a phone operator when I grow up? No. But it was such a stepping stone. You know what I realized from that? Because I'm an only child. I realized when I did that job that I loved people. I never really had a chance to talk a lot to people. Um, I did at school, obviously, but only like at lunch. But to actually be after school and in a job where I just talk to people all day, I loved it. It was just my forte. I just was excited, you know. Not that my parents didn't talk to me, you know, but it's just it's just different, you know. Um, and that's when I knew that whatever I do, it's going to have to be with people. I have to be involved with people. That's just who I am. 
So that was a good first job for me. But you know, like my kids growing up, mom, I'm not going to do fast food. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. But you know what? Even fast food when you're a teenager, every every job you take is lesson and it gives you something. I mean, I know my my granddaughter, when she was younger, she took a job at Jack in the Box. And I'm like, oh, really, Mariah? We need to talk to you about something. You know, let's do something more concrete. You know, she's been there now for like four years. She is a team leader. So she's in management, which is great. And do I see that as her whole future? Uh, hopefully not, but she loves it. Oh, boy. As you can imagine, being her grandma, I keep trying to say, mm, let's redo your resume. Let's do this. I'd like for you to take some free classes, get some certificates. Um, but she loves it. Some people love it. Some people don't. So just because you're applying for a job that you get doesn't mean you have to love it. And it doesn't mean it's the end all. It just doesn't. It's okay to work a job. Do the best you can because that's what they hired you for. Do the best you can, but you can still be putting feelers out for something better should you not like that that's what you're doing every day. It's okay to change your mind. So those were my tips for today. Probably ones you've heard before, but sometimes just a good reminder. I just saw an interesting blog on those tips. And uh, although we hear them over and over again, and you know what? Who knows? Next month, those tips may change. But I found that they were very useful, especially the rejection one. Never, ever feel um, rejected from a job. And you know, everybody knows what rejection feels like. Um, probably worse than a job, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe a relationship. Rejection might be bad, too. But rejection is nothing but a stepping stone. You know, I let me see if I can find it because I saved this great... Thing I saw the other day online, online, and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be my mantra because this is how I feel. Okay. It says, to all the doors that closed on me, I'm coming back to buy the building. Boom. Isn't that perfect? So it's okay. If someone didn't see your value, someone else will. Who knows? You may even start your own company and buy that company out that didn't hire you. You never know. So keep your chin up, know your worth in your job search. Absolutely know your worth and have a great day. Thanks.